Only the Holy God can take our failings and stumbling lives and make things of beauty out of them. I've been sharing with you what I'm convinced are foundations for our future here at First Baptist Church. We're in transitional times as I'm moving towards retirement, and you're searching for a new senior pastor. But I not only want to help you to survive during this interim transition time, but to thrive in the midst of that. And by adopting a goal and a theme and a direction for the overall directions of our ministries will not only prepare us and get us in the best standing, it will also be very attractive to that new pastor who's coming in and giving him a foundation wherewith to start. So this is the essence of what we've been talking about. Three phrases I'm presenting to you over and over again. And I hope you're getting to where they're really sticking in your mind. They come to us from the great commandment and the great commission. Love God, love people, and serve both. Now, I want to ask you now, I haven't done this before, I want to ask you to repeat that with me, okay? Say it with me. Love God, love people, serve both. This is the essence of the foundation. But we have to ask the question, how do we do that? Especially something like loving God. How do, we, how do we do that? What does that look like? What is the plan for this? How do we make this happen in our lives? So that's what we've been focusing on the last couple of weeks. You see, the motivation to be a Christ follower has to come out of a love relationship with God. It can't come out of obligation. It can't come out of any expectations of us. It can't even come out of hoping one day to get to heaven. The motivation for being a Christ follower, for being a disciple of Christ, for being a believer, to living it out in our daily life has to come from a growing day-to-day love relationship with the Lord. But what does that look like? How do you do that? Well, Jesus was very, very, very practical in the things that he told us. So the first thing we looked at, asking, describe this to me, Jesus, was from Luke 9, 23. When he said this, if any man would come after me, let him do these three things. Let him deny himself. We dug into that very deeply. Let him be willing to take up his cross daily, die to himself, and then follow me. And we, we, we dug into that and what God was telling us about that. Then, then last week, we said, okay, well, what does that look like in terms of our relationship with you? How does that grow, Lord? And so, again, Jesus gives us a very visible, uh, practical illustration. He says it has to do with abiding. And in John chapter 15, he made it abundantly clear, if you abide in me and I in you, you know, then you're going to be able to bring forth much fruit. But if apart from me, you can do nothing. And so we looked at what it means to abide. It doesn't mean just to have a place to live. What it really referred to was drawing our purpose, our reason for being, our life essence from that relationship that's growing with God. That's what Jesus meant by abiding. And if we're not operating out of that love relationship, if we're not operating out of that daily growing relationship with him, then then all we're doing is man-made and it's bound to fail. But how do we do this? How do we abide in him? And so that's what I want to dig into today. And again, Jesus is very, very practical. And he tells us in John chapter 8, 
verse 31. He gives us a visible picture, a how-to. Here it is, very clearly, how-to. He was speaking to some of the Jewish believers that had already expressed faith in him, and he said this, if you abide in my word, and my, then you are my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You know, Zora likes to quote the last part of that, you know, the truth will set you free. But they totally missed the place to go for truth is the Word of God. And as you go to the Word of God for truth, and as you abide, live in, draw your direction and purpose from that, then, then you have a foundation for living. Then you know truth as it really is. And He can set us free. Let's pray together. Father, show us this morning what it means to abide in Your Word. Simple as that, but oh, so very complex, so deep. Something that even the youngest child here today can experience, and yet the eldest among us have not plumbed the depths. Speak, O Lord, we're listening. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. So now Jesus takes this word that he has, has uh, introduced to us last week, this abide, to live in a vital union, a life-giving relationship with. And now he applies it to the word. He applies it to the Bible. And he says, look, here's what it looks like to grow in a love relationship with me. Here's what it looks like to fall more and more in love with me. Here's how this happens. Here's the practical dynamic of that. Get in my word. Get in my word. The Word of God is truth, it is life, it is strength, it is direction, it is power, it is transformational. Get into my Word. I, in my personal life, I, I didn't grow up in church. Some of you know that, others don't. But I didn't grow up in church. Valeria had the great blessing of, of from the very beginning, from before she was even born, she would grow into church. But, but I didn't. That was not part of my life. And so the first time I ever came to church, I heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I fell in love with Jesus. His, his love began the transformational work in my life. But right on the heels of that, I began a lifelong love affair with his word. Because the pastor of that little church, he said, this, this is how you grow to know Jesus, friend. This is how you get to know him and how he, he speaks to you and how he shares his heart with you. And how he'll transform your life. And, and so he, he threw me into the deep end. He threw me into the word of God. And there in that church, the, the, it, it, it was a strange little church. It wasn't very big, maybe 100, 120 people. It was, wasn't very large. But half of those was young adults and teenagers and, and kids. It, it was a, a thriving, thriving community of faith. And, and there was a hunger among those teenagers for the Word of God. God called many ministers and missionaries out of that generation of those kids. And, and I was among those. And very early, they taught us to get into the Word of God and what it meant to, to grow in the Word of God. And so that became, that became my passion and a passion for life. And so I, I, I found that if I, I fell in love with Jesus, 
the author of the Word of God is so easy to fall into the love of the Word itself when you know and trust and have been transformed by the love of the author. And so here it is. As we read and study and memorize and meditate and apply the Scriptures, we grow in our love relationship with the author of these passages. He reveals himself to us through his words. Jesus reveals himself to us through his word. You and I get to know Jesus. We have the privilege of, of coming to know the very real Lord Jesus Christ, not through visions, not through strange mountaintop conferences, but by getting into his word and living in his word and let that word live in us, we get to know the real, authentic Jesus Christ. Now, don't miss this. This is essential. This is vital. This is crucial. How can I say that any stronger to you? You get to know Jesus by getting into his word. There is no substitute for that. Not even the most wonderful sermons I've ever preached <laughs> is a sermon for that. Not the best books ever written are substitutes for that. Get into the Word of God. Now you say, oh, Brother Fred, now I learned that in Sunday school as a child. I, I know that, you know, that, 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 that's how you get to know God. Listen to me. A child can learn it, but it takes a lifetime to grasp it and apply it. As with so many things with our faith, don't let the simplicity blind you to the gravity of what he is saying. I mean, the doctrine of the church and of salvation and all of the Bible can be wrapped up in the tiny little words, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Simple little words a child can memorize and sing. But who among us have plunged the depths of the meaning of that word yet? You see, don't let the simplicity of this blind you to the depth and gravity of this. And also understand, this is kind of, kind of like air. Oh, I used to breathe air. It was really good, but you know. No, you want to live. So you keep on breathing, don't you? <laughs> yes. And the Word of God is breath. It is life to us. And, and when we get away from that, we start to asphyxiate. And spiritual brain cells start to die, okay? You and I need that living, breathing relationship with God in his word. Simply put, to maximize Christ in you and you in Christ is to have his word in your head and in your heart. You get God's word in your head by reading it and studying it and memorizing it. Get God's word in your heart by applying it, by doing it, all right? So to get the word of God into your head and into your heart, that's what it means to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ.
Let, let, me, let me put it real simple to you. The Word of God is food to us. It's food to us. A, a child cannot grow without food, without nourishment, and neither can a child of God. We need good, solid food to grow. And the Bible tells us this is the food we need to eat. It's the Word of God that we feast upon. Now, how do you take in food? You know, you, you ingest it, you eat it, you, you bite into it, you chew it, you swallow it, and then your body churns it into energy and make, he knows what to do with it. How do you do this in, in, as a Christian? You take the Bible as food. You bite into it by reading it. You chew on it by memorizing it and meditate on it. You swallow it by applying it to your life. It's sad to see what happens to people who are deprived of food. In my years as a paramedic, we made a lot of runs to places that would define depravity. It would define poor income. And sometimes we would go and we would find children eating paint chips and dead bugs. And they would do that because they were hungry. You see, you, you think about that and you say, oh, that's, that's foolish. Why, why would anybody eat paint chips that's got lead in it and, 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 and dead bugs? Listen to me. When you're starving, you'll eat anything. You'll swallow anything. And listen to me, brothers and sisters in Christ, if you're not feeding on the Word of God, if you're not eating it, you'll swallow most anything this world has to offer you, and it'll kill you. This is what nourishes. This is what causes us to grow in our love relationship with Jesus Christ. This is, this is what I knew that found the depth of his love for me. And, and I found in the Old Testament that, that God knew that I was coming one day and he knew my needs and he became a man himself and he died on the cross to take my sins upon himself. He rose again that I might have eternal life. That years and years later, as a young teenage boy, I could hear that gospel and have my heart and life transformed. It's the Bible that explained that to me. The Bible is what explained to me how I was carrying hatred and malice in my heart, and it was poisoning me, and it was absolutely ruining me, and how to get rid of that, and how to be free from those chains. The Bible teaches us that. Get into the Word. Abiding in his word is a remedy for that hunger. Listen to what Peter put it this way in 1 Peter 2.2. He said, as newborn babies desire the pure milk of the word that they may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted indeed that the Lord is gracious. You see, here's what I want you to know. Jesus Christ is the word. Jesus Christ is the Word. You have the living Word, which is Jesus Christ, who has He and God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, all the three in one, have delivered to us this magnificent written Word. 
But the written word is a living word. And it's active and it's powerful to accomplish so many things. And when, when the living word takes the written word and applies it to our heart, stuff changes. This is where transformation happens. This is where that love relationship grows. So we understand that as we partake, as we eat, as we consume and chew on the word of God, our souls, our spirits are nourished and fed. And let me tell you something, folks. It troubles me how many of you are fasting. You say, well, fasting is a good thing. Yeah, we could all stand and do a little that, couldn't we? But some of you come and you feast on the Word of God on Sunday. And you fast throughout all of the rest of the week. You come in hungry on Sunday. Fill my, fill my stomach. I've been fasting away from the Word of God all week long. Fill me up. And we want to do everything we can to do that. But listen, it would be a whole lot simpler if you took a bite along during the week. It's good to be in Bible study. It's good to be in small groups. It's good to be in worship. But let, let, let me take a, take a word from two of my boys. You know, all three of them are in ministry, but two of them have been in youth ministry for a long time. So if this grosses you out a little bit, you got to understand it comes from a youth minister. <laughs> I was talking to them one day, and they said, Dad, we, we, we struggle to get people to read their Bible during the week, to feed during the week. And he said one of the things, and it was Michael that came up with it. You know it would be Michael. Came up with it. He told his kids, he said, when you come to church on Sunday, if that's all you get, what you're getting is pre-chewed food. You've let somebody else chew it for you, <laughs> spit it out and put it in your mouth. Here, swallow it. It's just pre-chewed food. But you've got a steak in front of you every day to chew on and eat on your own. Why do you want to be satisfied with pre-chewed food, folks? I have thoroughly enjoyed it. But you don't need my regurgitation. You need God's living presence every day, every moment in your life. How do I feed on the Word of God? Well, let me build on something I talked about last week. I talked about spending some time with God every, every day, preferably every morning, but if you're a night owl every night, whatever works out best for you. And I gave you some guidelines, remember? You know, I, I, I said, I want you to get ready the night before. I want you to select a time. I want you to select a place. I want you to get everything ready the day before. Set the alarm. Don't hit the snooze. Uh, shut out all your distractions. Focus on meeting with Jesus during that period of time and asking him to reveal himself to you. I want to build on that for a little bit because it's all about the word of God. So here's what you do. Before you even open your Bible, pray, God, I want to see you in your word this morning. God, teach me what I need to know for this day. 
I want to meet with you. I'm not doing this because of something I ought to do, and my preacher's going to ask me if I did, or, or my boyfriend or girlfriend's going to expect me. I, I want to do it for, don't want to do it for any of those reasons. I want to grow in my love relationship with you. So when I open this word, Jesus, I want to meet you here. Holy Spirit, I want to sense your presence here. I, I want this to be about me and you. Start out that way. Start out that way. Have that as your opening plan. Before we do anything else, ask, ask Holy Spirit, lead me into truth. Lead me into truth about you. Lead me into truth about me. Lead me into truth about the way I'm living. Lead me into truth about what, what the world is trying to get me to believe and act and do. Lead me into truth so that I can walk in your freedom. I want to give you four reasons that I think this is imperative. And I'm going to ask you, I'm going to, if I could beg you, I would beg you to join me doing this this next week. Four reasons that it would be imperative for you to do that. First of all, you get to know God through fellowship with him and his word. Wanting and needing to communicate with somebody is just natural when you love them. It's a natural outgrowth of your love relationship with them. I, I, can, I cannot get through a day without having relationship, communication, sharing with my precious wife. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's like breathing for me. I, I, I've got to tell her what's going on. I've got to find out what's going on with her. Because that's, that grows out of your love relationship, you see. Our boys, we're, Jonathan's here in town, and we're thankful for that. But the others are so far from us. I can go a few days with, you know, maybe as long as a week without hearing from one of them. But then I stood it as long as I can stand it. <laughs> and I got to call them on the phone or get them on FaceTime or whatever. I've got to see them. I've got to hear them. I've got to know what's going on with them. Most of the time, I don't have to wait because they're calling us, you know. And especially with all three of the ministers, well, Dad, what do I need to do about this? What do I need to do about this? What do I need to do about this? And so we go pray together. On the phone, long distance to Washington State or whatever, we, we, we seek the Lord on the matter. But you see, when you love somebody, you just got to communicate with them. You've, you've got to share with them. And you grow in that relationship. You grow in that love with one another. I need daily communication with my Lord. I need daily for him to remind me that he loves me. I need daily to express my love to him. That relationship grows as we spend time together. Surprise, surprise. What's the motivation to do that? To get up and make a, a beeline to those few moments with the Lord? It's got to be our love relationship with him. And in his word, it strengthens my bond with him. So the first reason is to, to grow in our fellowship with God and his word. The second reason is to receive direction and guidance from the daily decisions that I need to make. See, as you read, as you meditate, as you memorize, as you apply God's word to your life, these verses get hidden in your heart. They get in your brain and they'll stay there. If you meditate on them, just, don't just read real quick, you know, and go on. You know, 
We've got a simple exercise that we encourage people to do when we're teaching them how to grow in their discipleship with the Lord. We ask two simple questions. God, what did you say to me? We write it down. What do I say back to God? We write it down. Very simple. But what is it doing? It's encouraging us to interact with God and his word, you see. And, and we, we grow in the process of doing that. But when we, when we start committing it to memory, oh, God can do so much with that. I learned this so, so very young as a brand new believer in Christ. Now, remember, I came from a, a rough background, okay? And so when I came to faith in Jesus Christ, so many things changed about my life. Well, I mentioned in that church, we were studying the Bible at the time when I was first saved, they were beginning the book of Romans. Can you imagine being a brand new believer and studying Romans? But talking about being in over your head. But anyway, so, so we would meet together as a youth group, and we would, we would memorize. So we were just starting the study. I just happened to hit it at a good time. And so we had, uh, I, the pastor had given me a Gideon New Testament. I carried it in my pocket. And, and you know, I opened it, you know, to, to, it had never been opened before. So I, you know, ironed that sucker out, opened it up to Romans chapter 1, and began we, the very first verse. We had to memorize the first verse. And so, you know, I was working on that. And uh, I, I quit smoking the day I was saved. So I'd always carried a pack of Winstons in my pocket. Okay? Well, then that got thrown into the gutter, but my, my New Testament was in there. Well, me and Charlie, we were bad about bumming cigarettes off of one another. So we come up to the other person to flip the bottom of the pocket, flip the pack out, and grab it and get us one. So Charlie came up to me that day, flipped my pocket, grabbed a New Testament. It liked to burn him to death. I said, Charlie, I told you that I come to faith in Jesus Christ. He said, oh, you're a preacher man now. And he thumbed through the Bible a little bit. He says, well, what's it say here in uh, 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 Romans 1.1? I mean, the Bible had only been opened at one place, so it naturally fell open there. And I said, Paul, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God. He said, you're weird, man, you know. When you put God's Word in your heart, Holy Spirit knows when to bring it in and how to use it and apply it, but you've got to put it in your heart. You've got to get it in your head first, then you've got to put it in your heart. Then God's got something to work with in your life, and He can give you direction and instruction and encouragement each step as you go. That's the first two reasons. The third reason is... To have that time and to get into the Word is, as you read this Word, God's going to do some work on you. And you get to talk back to Him about that. Now, I'm not going to go any further into that right now because I'm going to spend all next Sunday about that, okay? Because, see, these disciplines interlock with one another. Spending time with the Master interlocks with living in His Word. And living with the Word interlocks with praying in faith. And all of these work together. So I'm going to deal with that more next week. But we get to come before God and, and lay our hearts and souls before him. Our failures and our struggles and our doubts and our fears. You heard us sing about that earlier. We get to lay all of those things before him. Why? Because he loves us and he'll understand it. He loves us and he can grow us through those things, you see. But I'm not going to talk about that anymore right now. I'll talk about that next week. <laughs> Fourth reason is this, to bear spiritual fruit. That happens when we apply the Word. When we apply the Word in our lives, 
then Holy Spirit does this wonderful thing. He starts causing fruit to bear out there in our lives based on our relationship, our growing love relationship with God and digging into his word as we apply it. So, okay, all right, let's back up. What's the takeaway from this? What's the takeaway, Brother Fred? What is it we want to we walk away with here today? I genuinely want you to be Christ followers. I want you to fall in love with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Out of that love relationship, we can face the tough days that are ahead. We can face the transitions that are before us. We can face the trials and changes that are there. As we're abiding in a life-giving, daily love relationship with God, we're learning about him from his word, but he's also showing us, here's what you need to be looking for with this next pastor. Here's how you can love and follow the next man of God that's going to be here because we're in that intimate relationship with him. Three phrases, remember, love God, love people, and serve both. That's what this is about. But right here, we've just been talking about falling in love with Jesus, falling in love with God, because out of that, these other things flow. Out of loving God, then we grow to love people. Why? Because he loves people. And see, his love for us then flows with us loving over to others. And how do you express love? Well, you express that by doing things. You express it by serving. And so love God. Love people. Serve both. That's the foundation to move us into the future. And I hope you adopt it as your own. Will you pray with me? Father God, these are transitional times. These are, 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 are crazy and weird times. But this is a time we need you more than ever. When I came here as pastor, some of the young folks in this room were just barely walking good. And some of them haven't known a time that Brother Fred hadn't been a pastor here. Many have joined in these years that I've been here. And it has been my privilege, Lord, to lead this fantastic church through some horrendous days. And you have brought us such wonderful, wonderful opportunities of ministry. And so many that we've seen baptized into fellowship and called into ministry and missions. And Lord, I just want to thank you. But we're in this transitional time now. And more than ever, we need to be focusing on our love relationship with you. I pray, Lord, that together we will do something. Together we will do something this week. We'll commit to you today that each day of this week, we will not begin a day without spending time with you in your word. Growing in our love relationship with you. Drawing direction for the future from you. Casting our concerns and fears upon you. And being strengthened by that. 
Lord, I know that not everybody here and not everybody watching this morning has that love relationship with you. There's some listening and here today that know you. They know about you. But they don't know you. They've never surrendered their hearts and lives to you. But they're hearing something that has such an appeal. You mean I can, I can really have a love relationship with God? I can do that? I can have that? Anyone here, Lord, anybody listening that is surprised by that the way I was surprised by it one day? Holy Spirit, will you encourage them to pray along with me right now? And pray kind of what I prayed. Dear God, I've never known you. But right now, I dare to believe that you love me. You love me so much you came and died to take the punishment for my sins upon yourself. And I dare to believe that you rose again so that I could have eternal life. Come into my heart. I know I'm a mess. Come into my heart. And be my master. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I give my life to you. And Lord, I know that anytime somebody makes that, that prayer their own, that that's the desire of their heart, you've never, ever turned anyone away. And so, Lord, will you encourage them if they're here in the building, to come talk to me or Brother Derek today. If they're not here, if they're out watching in media land, just encourage them to call us or text us or email us or come by and see us. We want to rejoice because angels rejoice when somebody is born into your kingdom. We want to rejoice too. This morning there may be <clears throat> many in our church family they just want to come into the altar and just pray and say, Lord, I want to, I want to put my life before you. I, I've kind of fallen away from that love relationship. I've been fasting during the week. I've been trying to live without air. Lord, I want you to restore the joy and the depth of our relationship. I, I, I need a love revival in my heart. Lord, others may want to join our church family. Well, this is your time. Holy Spirit, tug our hearts as Ed leads us in this song. May we be obedient to you. We ask in Christ's name. Amen.